Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Hey, Cricket customers, Max with ads is included with your Cricket $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. Nice! Max is the streaming platform where you can watch Scoob, Meg 2 The Trench, The Nightmare on Elm Street Collection, and so much more. Remember me. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. We've never seen this before. Max, the one to watch for a good scream with Cricket. Yeah! Phone plan streams and standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See cricketwireless.com for details. You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life. Praise the Lord. Are you glad to be here this morning? I am so excited for the word today. We are in our series through the valley, and I'm so excited uh, for that word today. We welcome everybody here at the Aurora campus, those watching also on our internet campus. I do, want, I do want to just say this before we get into the word and the faith confession today. We do realize is it a bit dark on the stage today. We're having our lighting system reconfigured for a better quality worship experience for you. And uh, so it takes a little time. Does anybody say take a little time? But, but promise me, when the light of this word hits you, you ain't going to be studying what's going on. Y'all ready for this word today? Everybody's standing at this time now. Lift your Bibles high. Let's make our confession of faith together. You don't have a Bible. Lift your phone. Don't have your phone. Lift your tablet. Don't have a tablet. Uh, lift your communique. Or the offering envelope in the seat pocket in front of you on the seat. Oh, my God. I, I, oh, my God. I'm so excited about this word. Jesus. Jesus. Are you as excited as I am about this thing? If you're excited, just shout, say that. Say, say that. All right, okay. <laughs> Look at y'all acting like a church. My, lift your Bibles. Let's make our confession of faith together. Let's say it. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. Go to Acts chapter 16. I, I am in serendipity. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 16, verse 23. Y'all ready for this? It says, watch this. This is Paul's and Silas here. It says, and when they had laid many stripes on them, that means they beat them. 
They then threw them into prison. So to add insult to injury, not only do they beat them, they throw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. So they said, don't just, don't, don't just lock them down, put them on the inner prison. Verse 24, having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet into stocks. Check it out. They're bloody. They're beaten. They're bruised. And they can't move their feet. Verse 25, but at midnight. Now, what I love about God is he's always got a butt. And y'all know what I'm getting ready to say. It's always a big butt. And can I make a confession? I like big butts. And I cannot lie. The mother preachers try to deny. But when Jesus walks in and he got a butt. Look at the neighbor say, but. But at midnight. <laughs> Paul and Silas, they couldn't move their feet, but they could move their mouth. Let me help somebody. They couldn't write a check, but they could move their mouth. <laughs> they were praying and singing hymns to God. And watch this. And the prisoners were listening to them. Now check it out. They're, the prisoners are there legitimately. Paul and Silas are there illegitimately because they were doing right, but wrong happened. Look at verse 26. Verse 26. And then suddenly, shout suddenly. See, so you keep thinking it's going to take God 10 years and you keep thinking it's going to take God five years and you keep thinking it's going to take God several months. I'm here to tell you that I don't know who this is for, but for somebody, there's a suddenly in the atmosphere. I, I don't know who it's for. It may not be for you, then I'll take yours. But for somebody, there is a suddenly in this atmosphere. Just your neighbor say, it ain't, ain't going to take God that long. It ain't going to take him. Look, look, look. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of what locked them up was shaken. And it goes from suddenly to another word I like. And immediately. But, but what's this? And immediately all the doors. Now I don't know who I'm talking to, but I believe I'm on assignment for somebody today. There's some doors that you've been looking at that you said, God, I wish that door would open for me. And suddenly, how many of the doors? All of them were what? Open and everybody's chains got free. What I'm here to tell you is what God's about to do in your life ain't just for you. It's for your bloodline. It's for your cousin. Them. It's for your nieces and your nephews and your children and your... Shout everybody. Jesus, speak to us now. I decrease that you might increase. Do what or that you might increase. Do what you do, how you do, when you do what you do, how you do when you do what you do when you do it. Be God. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. As you take your seats, high five two or three people. Tell them the valley of midnight. The valley of midnight. You can be seated. We are reading now this narrative written by Dr. Luke, who was a Gentile physician, about the Apostle Paul. The truth is the Apostle Paul had 99 problems and a valley was one. Watch this. We see the obvious valley called midnight while they're in prison. But my question is how did they get to that valley? Sometimes you got to ask yourself, how did I get here? You ever felt like that where you're trying to sit up and look at what's going on in your life and you're perplexed and you're befuddled because you're trying to say, how in the world did I get here? Am I talking to anybody? Well, for us to get to the valley of prison, we got to travel down three blocks. Somebody say three blocks. three blocks. Say it again. Say three blocks. 
So we're going to take a journey. We pretend like we're in the car. We're going to travel down three blocks in order to get to this valley that they're in. Acts chapter 16 starts off when Paul finds a young man who becomes his spiritual son. Quite frankly, he is a surrogate son to, to Paul named Timothy. Say Timothy. Paul was so impressed with him that he wanted him to travel with him and to serve him. Paul, Timothy now, Silas, and others are traveling throughout various cities setting order based on what the apostles had decided in Jerusalem. Let me make it very clear for you. Uh, uh, Peter, James, and John, who were the ruling apostles, they were in the city of Jerusalem and they were establishing churches all throughout the region and there was some disorder in the churches. Say disorder. Disorder. Say it like you know what it is. Disorder. Uh, So the apostles said, uh, we need to set some order, and they sent Paul, Silas, and others on journeys to set order in the church. Side note, the apostles didn't go themselves to bring order. They sent somebody else. That's much how God operates. You waiting on God to show up and do some big thing, and God said, I sent you a pastor. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. God often send people to bring order into your life rather than coming and doing it himself. Because when he shows up, he's got to show up with something called correction by force. And it's a lot easier if he sends somebody else than doing him himself. Yeah, okay, side note. Uh, verse 6 goes like this. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. So here we are. We're in our car. We're at block number one. Say block number one. Now check this out. Asia looked like the next logical step because of the mission that they were on. Say logical. What I have discovered about God is that what often seems logical to us is very illogical to God. And what seems illogical to us is very logical to God. That's why the scripture says his thoughts are not like our thoughts and his ways are not like our ways. God is not mysterious. He's just different. Uh, Maybe if you grew up in church, you heard this saying, the Lord works in See, that's not true, because if God was trying to keep secrets, he wouldn't have wrote a book. It's not that God is mysterious. God is just different. He's so different that he had to say, my ways are just higher. They're just higher. You're not going to be able to figure out. God says, you want to go up? Sometimes you got to go down. God says, in order for me to add to you, sometimes I got to subtract from you. God says, in order to multiply you, sometimes I got to let division come. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Watch this. We're at block number one. God doesn't always do things in a way that makes sense to us, because the scripture records he works for the end to the beginning not the beginning to the end check it out since you and I are in time we operate uh, in, in in what is called being finite say finite Okay, which means there's a predetermined beginning, a predetermined end. So as we are living life, you are literally, from the day you were born, you began walking from beginning to end. Another way of saying it, you began in the Greek walking from alpha to omega. God, however, is different. God says, before I write the beginning, I start at the end. Which means that's why heaven's not tripping over what you're going through. Because heaven says, before you got there, I had already written the part coming after that. Okay, y'all, y'all, y'all left me here. God says, I start at Omega and I start walking back to Alpha. He says, I start at the end of your life and the predetermined destiny and destination and places and assignment that I have for you. And then I walk everything back from that place, which means God says, anything you're dealing with, you're dealing with it because you can handle that. Because I wouldn't have let it come had I known you not been able to handle it. The truth is, you just didn't know how strong you were. The truth is, you just didn't know how wise you were touch your neighbor say you got this that's why Isaiah 46 10 says that he declares the end from the beginning and ancient times things that are not yet done God says my counsel shall stand and I will do all in my pleasure look at your neighbor say you got this you got this 
Now check this out. This is interesting because the Bible says they were forbidden to go into Asia. Now check this out. This is for to blow your mind. You ready to touch your neighbor and say, psych your mind. I guess blow your mind, whatever, same difference you follow. Here it is. The word Asia, check this out, means to go outside. Which means God said, I've forbidden you, watch this, to go outside, check it out, my plan. You're not getting it. You're not getting it. You're not getting it. See, I give you the Hebrew and Greek definitions of the words so that you understand the true meaning of it because in translation from Greek to English, you lose on average two words from Hebrew to English, which would be your Old Testament. You lose on average approximately three words. So that means when we see the word Asia, you see the word Asia, but the reality is is that there are three distinct words there that define the word Asia. So it is not just Asia, a geographical location. It is Asia, which means you're going outside the plan. So, so are you still here, Harvest? Uh, so then watch this. God says to them, he says, I know it makes logical sense for you to go to Asia. The problem is you don't know that Asia is going to take you outside my plan. Okay, let me make it real for your neighbor because they, they, they still ain't got it. Too often we assume that everything that doesn't go according to our plan is a bad thing or that it's the enemy. And we make the miscalculated assumption that all resistance is a sign to fight harder. The text makes it clear that sometimes the resistance is your answer. Because Asia would have taken him outside the plan of God. He, he thought he was just taking another step to another place to preach. But God said, no, I'm not letting you go to Asia to preach. Because if you go to Asia, what you don't understand is there's a plan there that ain't mine. And it might be a good plan, but it ain't a God plan. It, it might be something you want to do, but it ain't what I want you to do. And that's why Jesus, when he prayed, he said, not my will be done, but thy will be done. Is there anybody in here that can thank God for the stuff he blocked you from that wasn't part of his plan? There's some stuff you had set up, some people you planned to marry, some jobs you planned to take that God said... No, you can't do that because it's going to take you to Asia. It's going to take you outside of my plan. Be seated. The enigma that you and I face in our everyday life, enigma means great mystery, is which is it? Is the resistance a sign to press harder or a sign to change course? Check this out. I, I know you want a deep answer right here. Here's the reality. That's why you need God. Because if every time there's resistance, you automatically know the next step. It then alleviates the need for faith, which then alleviates your need to be dependent on him. See, we like to declare our independence. We live in a Beyonce nation. Oh, don't y'all sit up here and look at me like you don't know what I mean. I thought this was a Christian church. Check this out. We like to declare our independence, but we serve a God who likes for us to declare our dependence on him. Which means, quite frankly, God, I don't know, I have no clue what to do. But my hope and my faith and my trust is in you. God, I don't understand what's going on, but I understand you're good. And since you're good, I understand everything's got to work together for my good. It don't make no sense to me why I'm dealing with this. Don't make no sense to me why I'm dealing with that. Don't make no sense to me why they betrayed me. Don't make no sense to me why they're acting crazy with me. Don't make no sense to me why I got laid off. But I trust you. Anybody in here trust God? Ain't he been good to you all your life? Hasn't he earned your trust? I don't know about you, but God's credit's real good with me. Watch this. It seems paradoxical 
two conflicting statements that God would allow you to see an open door, but then prevent you from walking in the open door. It's a very, it's a very cruel tease, if you will, because God is essentially giving you a sneak peek and saying, but don't get that. Is it equivalent of you going to a car lot, spending the whole day there, getting your mind set on a particular automobile only for the man to come back and say, nah. So y'all start getting a bougie spirit. Now, let's be honest. If it wasn't you, you know somebody whose FICO just wasn't anointed enough. Fair Isaac said, nah. <laughs> Look what the Bible says. It says the Holy Ghost forbid them or prevented them from preaching. Why would God prevent his men servants from preaching? Didn't he say he wanted the gospel to be preached everywhere? So doesn't this seem directly contradictory? Directly. Directly contradictory. It's in the Harvest Dictionary. Directly. <laughs> Contrary to what God would say. Why would you say love people, God, and then that person treat me like garbage? Why would you say trust me with my, trust you with my finances and yet it seems like the money is funny and the change is straight? Why would you do that? But check this out. Watch this. Notice he only prevented them from preaching in a certain place. He didn't say they couldn't do it. He just said not in that place and not at that time. Let me help somebody. God ain't saying single folks, you got to be single forever. He's just saying not now and hell no to him and heck no to her. You ain't got to like me, but I'm sure going to preach it anyway. God is not saying you can't have the business. Maybe he was just saying not right now and not with that mindset you have, which is going to make you act like a slave when I give it to you. In fact, Paul goes to Ephesus, which is a city in Asia, minded to preach, and Christianity spreads throughout all of Asia in just two years. You can read about it in Acts 19, but he did that later. You missed what I just said. God wasn't saying... No, forever. He was just saying, not right now. Can I help somebody? Delay does not always mean denial. Stop looking at no is no. Sometimes no just means not this way. Okay. He said, he, let me slow it down. What God was saying to Paul was Paul, I'm going to let you go to Asia Minor and preach in Ephesus a little later. Right now, I got something else in mind. I'll let you open that business and make it flourish a little later. Right now, your mindset's insufficient for that level of success because you will get there and then you will talk yourself out of it. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Let me go back to the single folks. He's not saying some of your little women. See, listen, that's your problem because you keep thinking that's the end game. It's part of it, not the end. Lord, I'd just be happy if I get somebody. No, you wouldn't. You'd make them miserable like you. 
because you would suck and siphon all of the life out of them. And every time they go somewhere, where you going? What you doing? Where you going? Why can't we spend some time? Let's spend some time. Why you always doing this? Why you always doing this? Don't nobody want no leech because a leech has two daughters. Give me and give me some more. Did we get the point now? So now maybe you'll shout at the appointed time. Delay does not always mean denial. There's some stuff that years ago I wasn't able to see coming to pass that God said, all right, now I'm going to let that thing go for you. There's some opportunities that some of you gave up on and you gave up on because you got no a little while ago. But I'm here to tell you that no was just a temporary stoppage. That no was just a temporary blockade. It don't mean no. It just means not right then and there. Block two. We're in the car. Block two. So we got off Parker Road. And now we're making that, that, that ride on to Olive. Can you do that? Cool. I did. Watch this. Block number two. Say block number two. The Bible says that they are prevented from going to Mysia, M-Y-S-I-A, which is modern day Turkey. In fact, the scripture says they pass by Mysia and God blocks them from going there. Check this out. This is going to blow your mind. Now, remember, we figured out God wouldn't let them go to Asia because it would take them outside the plan. Check out why he wouldn't let them go to Mysia, because I'm going try- I'm to show you how they got to their valley. He wouldn't let them go there because Mysia means place of Achilles. Bishop, what you mean? I'm glad you asked. You're very wise and intelligent. Very erudite, I might say. In Greek mythology, Achilles was invulnerable in all of his body except his heel. And he died because of a small wound on his heel. Therefore, the term Achilles heel has come to mean a person's most potent weakness. Let me connect it all for you. Now that's Greek mythology. Check this out. Dr. Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, was a well-educated Greek, which means he would have known the uh, uh, mythology behind Mysia. He would have known that Mysia meant the place of Achilles. So as the author of Acts, he hides a message in the text uh, so that sometimes we understand that God then, watch this, keeps certain nouns from us, people, uh, person, placing, placing, person, place, thing, or idea. He keeps certain nouns from us because he realizes those nouns will activate our most potent weakness. I'm going to walk you through it again. God said, no, you can't go to Mishia. And the reason you can't go is because your Achilles is there. See, the truth be told, some of you live right, but the only reason you live right is because you ain't had an opportunity not to. So it ain't really a choice. It's just the reality of the circumstances. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. You don't know if you've conquered Mishia until they call you on the phone late night. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me? You don't know you've conquered your Mishia until you're in the liquor store looking at the bottle and saying, I ain't even got a taste for that no more. You don't know you've conquered Mishia until somebody calls you and says, let's go back and do what it was that we did. And you say, no, I'm not even interested in it. Is there any people in here that realize right now that you've conquered your Mishia because you can see it and not be affected by it? You didn't know you had really forgiven them until you had to sit down and eat with them. What's this? 
Now, now this isn't true all the time, because the truth of the matter is oftentimes God gives us choice. He gives us free will to do what we want to do. But you ought to be thankful for the times where God pulls rank and says, nope. Oh, God, I ain't got no witnesses here. You ought to be thankful for the times where God says, yeah, I could let you do what you want to do, but I paid too much for you. I gave my life for you. And if you think I'm going to lose out on my investment for you, you must be out of your mind. You ought to be thankful that people may not think you're that worthy, but God says, I think you're to die for. You ought to be thankful that... There's sometimes he pulls rank. Just like a corporation, sometimes executives will allow uh, mid-level managers to make decisions and sometimes they'll just come in and say, nope, you can't do that, you can't do that, you can't do that. This is what we're doing. Well, I think I don't really care what you think. I just pulled rank. You ought to be glad that you serve a God who sometimes when he knows you're going to go to the place of Achilles where he pulls rank and says, nope, I don't think you're ready. The third block, we've made the right onto Iliff. And now we're getting ready to make that left on Abilene. And then since it's such a little short distance there, then we make that right. Come on, y'all tell me where it is. I don't know how big it is. On Blackhawk, like something, like Jewel, Black, something. The street over here. And so, <laughs> say the third block. The third block was this place called Bithynia. Now, I've taught on this before. Uh, Bithynia was a region that the scripture teaches us was uh, Paul's counterpart, the Apostle Peter's territory. We find this from 1 Peter 1 and 1. You can go there in your own time. Now, God blocked the Apostle Paul and those with him from going to Bithynia. Check this out. Because it wasn't his lane. He wasn't graced to be there in Bithynia. Bishop, what do you mean? Grace is when God gives you the supernatural ability to do something or to accomplish something. Check this out. Bithynia wasn't Paul's grace. Now, I need you to get that. See, check this out. Let me make it real practical for you. Everybody thinks they can do what they see you do. They just don't realize that's your lane. Your grace to handle it, you just make it look easy. You're not hearing what I'm saying. You ever had somebody look at you and say, oh, I could do that, I could do that. And you're thinking to yourself, all right, good, give it a day, give it a try. You don't know how in the world you would accomplish this thing. I just make it look easy. See, the reason people think they can put up with the hell you put up with is because you make going through hell look easy. You make it look like you came out of there licking an ice cream cone. You, you, you make it look easy. Let me encourage some single parents in here just for about 15 seconds. Please understand the reason people look at you and don't have pity for you and don't have sympathy for you is because you make it look easy. You're doing the job of two people, but you make it look easy. And so... What's this? What's this? <laughs> but, but the other reason I believe God didn't allow them to go to Bithynia, y'all Okay. Is, is that Bithynia means, in Greek, violence rushing in. <laughs> God was like, listen, Paul, I know you want to go to Bithynia, but check this out. It's going to be real bad you go there. You ever, 
I haven't talked to your neighbor for a minute because you're spiritual. But your neighbor, we're working on. We're working on. You, you, ever, you ever talked yourself out of going to a particular gathering? Because you said, no, that's going to be bad. <laughs> Talking to your neighbor now. You're spiritual. You just get them. You, you ever had somebody do something and your first thought was pick up the phone and you're going to tell them exactly what's going on? But you had to just walk away from the phone? I said, y'all don't like being real in Denver. God, I... I wish I had some real folk. You ever had to look at your phone? You got the number pre-dialed, but you just. They don't even know. They don't even know. They, 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 they don't even. You don't know now. They don't even know. They don't even know. You ever had an email prepared to send? Oh, yeah, I got you right there. Look at you. Look at you. You ever had an email ready to send and the Holy Ghost said, mm, get up from the table. Managers, you ever been getting ready to walk into a meeting just ready to cuss everybody at the table out? You fired, you fired, you fired, and you got an arrogant attitude. You ain't even good, and you this, and you this, and you that. Now get up out of here. Let me talk about me since y'all won't talk about you. A few years ago, not recently, not recently, it's been some Sundays I wanted to get the mic and come on in the church and tear the church up. Now if you can't figure out what I mean by that, that's cool. Not recently, though, a long time ago. God's worked on me. I'm better now. So much better. It's some meetings. This is this me. This is the bishop. Please pray for your pastor. It's some meetings I didn't want it to walk into and just wanted to just spit hot fire. Hellfire. But, but the Lord said, go have you another one of them little granola bars and just sat down. Can we give you a side note? Fellas, sometimes when we get mad and angry, we just need to eat. No, I'm just real serious, fellas. You sitting here praying and uh, going and rocking and back and forth. Sometimes, men, all you need to do is just go get you a sandwich. That's all you need. Look, if there's a man around, you just look at him and say, that's all you need. Just go eat. Tell him, just go eat. <laughs> You'll be surprised how calm you feel after you have a good meal. I think it's a few ladies know something about that too. You was all worked out because you was on all this here and all that and you got you something to eat and all of a sudden the world looks good to you. It's just like I don't even know what I was mad about. Just needed to eat. Go to your restaurant where they give you some bread and just have some bread. <laughs> Might not be good for your hips but it's good for your mind. It's good for your mind. It's good. Okay, all right, side note, all right, here, here we go, here we go. Bithynia means violence rushing in. God knew had he went to Bithynia, there was going to be some violent things that were going to have to happen. Now, you, 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 you ask the question, well, okay, how much more violent could it have been compared to what they went through? They got beaten, thrown in jail, so how much worse could it have been? That's the whole point. 
you don't know. <laughs> it's another one of those instances where God says, eh, I pull rank. He don't do that all the time, so what you got to get comfortable with, because some people say, well, whatever the Lord wants to happen, that's what's going to happen. That's not true. So, so, so don't rely on that. Touch your neighbor and say, don't rely on that. But there are some times where when God says you're so close and you're too close, he says, I'm not even leaving this in your hands. I pull rank. <laughs> Came on Parker, made the right on Island, made the left on Abilene, made the right on that street over there. What is it? I thought this is Jewel, ain't it? That's Sable, Abilene, Blackhawk, Evans, Evans. Oh, well, shoot, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where. I thought I knew where I was. Where is this? What's this? What's this? Y'all ready? We're at the valley now. Here it is. Paul, Paul, he had to go three blocks, and now he's at the valley. Say he's at the valley. Check this out. We made it to the valley. Paul, in a dream, dream series, in a dream, sees a man waving, saying, come to Macedonia. And the scripture says, when he awakes from this dream, that they perceive that it is God's desire for them to go to Macedonia. Now, check this out. Watch this. Stay with me, because this is going to mean something real deep in just a moment. Macedonia means high place. Macedonia was a region uh, in the, in the Greco-Roman Empire at the time. Check this out. God sends him to a region that means high place, yet he finds himself in a valley. Isn't it just like God to send you to a place that means high, but give you an experience that feels low? Okay, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. But can I help you and let me help your neighbor too? If you don't handle it right, your valley will become your high place. If you'll handle it right, it'll be the best thing that could have ever happened to you. So watch this. Let's go into fifth gear. Here we go. And we're riding home. They go by now, Paul, Silas, his son, Timothy, and the others that are with him. They go by the riverside, which then tells us that now geographically they are in a valley because every river has to be located in a valley. It is the natural flow of gravity. Now, valleys that you do understand are relative because you could be in a valley in the mountains, which is higher than a valley in the plains. So they're in a valley by the riverside, say they're by the riverside, and they go for prayer and they speak with this woman named Lydia. I like Lydia because Lydia, she was a single woman with a business and her and her household became Christians. I like Lydia because she wasn't sitting up saying, waiting on something to, for somebody to do something for her. Lydia said, please understand, I, I, I can make you do what it do. I was just helping the single women right there. Well, if I got a man, I'd be rich. No, you wouldn't. Y'all both find a way to be broke. I was just helping the single ladies. And the Bible says, check this out. Check out what her business was. She was a seller of purple. Purple garments. Purple was color of royalty. So, so check this out. She had a fashion store. Which means any good fashion store owner. Can I just tell you what's in your Bible? Which means any good fashion store owner, she probably had her own line. She had her own clothing line, and she was just a regular woman. Which means, check this out. Let me help everybody in here. She wasn't waiting on life to do something great for her. She said, I'm not going to let life happen to me. I'm going to happen to life. 
She said, you may not know my name, but you're going to be wearing my clothes. You're going to know my name after a while. You, I, do not despise the day of small beginnings, baby. Lydia said, watch me make it do. Watch this. She becomes, listen to this. This is so powerful. She becomes the Apostle Paul's, listen, first convert in the city Philippi in the region, Macedonia. Listen, she becomes the first Christian in Europe. And subsequently, she becomes the first, we be, many scholars believe, the first woman deacon. God blocked three other things. Sends him to Philippi in Macedonia, a high place. For my note takers, just as a parenthetical insertation right here, uh, the word Philippi just means lover of horses. So there's no scriptural significance to where we're going today. But just for my note takers, you know what it means. Here it is. Watch this. She becomes the first Christian in Europe. The, 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 first, the first convert in this city. And she becomes a deacon. She's, she's written about later on. She invites Paul and his team to stay in her home. So, so far as Paul's on this trip, it doesn't look like a valley. He's looking at it and saying, blessed be God. Look at all these great things. We got a convert. She's a Christian. And we're going to train her up and teach her. And she's going to be a servant because deacon just means servant. Deacons don't run no business. They handle business. Uh-huh. That's, that's the book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They ain't supposed to be voting on nothing but how to get the people served. Don't get me started. Okay, watch this. It doesn't look like a valley. Touch your neighbor say, it doesn't look like a valley. You, you ever woke up one day and said, today is a good day. Now, act like you know before I'd start messing lyrics up. You ever woke up and said, I feel this day. You woke up and had joy and power and peace, and you said, today something good is going to happen to me. That's where Paul is at. Paul is like, this is a great trip. We got the woman saved, got her whole household saved. She got a business, so she's going to start tithing and offering. And then we're going to have her make us some purple robes. <laughs> and it don't look like a valley. It starts out good. Mm. But later on, mm. look at your neighbor say later on. Yeah. You, you ever been in the middle? This ain't for everybody, but just for some of us. You ever been in the middle of a day where you thought the trajectory of the day matched the way you woke up? Yeah. To only get to the middle of the day and said, <laughs> Now, which one of y'all hit me? I don't even. <laughs> a slave she was a fortune teller and she was making her masters a lot of money but she was possessed the scripture says which means she had a gift but it what but it wasn't God Amen. I could work that but I don't have time to uh, watch this watch this she followed Paul and those with him around saying check this out these are men of God now you think Paul would be excited that somebody's there announcing that he and the team with him that these are men of God so imagine she's a slave girl. She's a fortune teller. She's got her call me now, all that stuff going. She, you know, you know, she's got all that going. That's so why some of you said, I read my horoscope, and it was exactly what was going on. Right. 
I called a psychic and she had known what had happened. Uh-huh, the girl was possessed. Okay. I ain't got time to deal with that. But just for those of you who do that, stop it. I said, I believe in Jesus. And you posting your, 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 your horoscope on the Facebook. Why are you trying to get a prediction about what you're supposed to make happen? I'm going to make it a good day because I know how to respond. Oh, I know I just messed up something right there because somehow that's how you live your life. You was looking at that moon last night trying to figure out what in the... Believe him, believe long. Yes, have long. She starts following them. These are men of God. These are men of God. These are men of God. These are men. Ain't he a man of God? Ain't he good? Ain't he preaching? These are men of God. Paul, it happens for a little while and it keeps going on. Paul gets really annoyed. So Paul turns around and looks at the girl. Now I asked you back there to stop all that. So since you didn't want to stop, check it out. In the name of Jesus, what's possessing you to act stupid, come out. Now, I need you to get this. I need you to get the point here. I need you to get the point here. Because you think what she was doing was good, but it was annoying. Okay, let me help your neighbor. Side note, there's some stuff that's going on in your life that you say is annoying you, but you just talking. There's some stuff going on in your life you say you're sick of, but you just running your mouth. You know how I know it? And you know how I know you don't mean it? Because when you really get tired of it, you're going to do something about it. You missed the whole point. Paul said, I'm sick. And tired, are you coming up behind me saying, I, and not that even she was even doing anything wrong. It just annoyed him. When you going to get to the point to where you say, I'm sick of living paycheck to paycheck. I'm annoyed by it. When you going to get to the point to where you say, I'm sick of my bloodline looking like this. And I'm sick of all these generational curses. And I'm sick of all these issues. And I'm sick. When you going to get annoyed with it? Because when you get annoyed with it, that's when you're going to do something about it. Up until that point, you just run in your mouth. Okay, y'all don't like it. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. We're, we're, we're almost there because we, we're at the valley now. We made, we made our three-block three trip. Here it is. Her master stopped making money when she wasn't possessed, so they had Paul and Silas thrown into prison. It's interesting. Uh, watch this side note. When you finally get on God's side, then some people will start taking sides. Did you notice how when you finally decided to get serious about God, some of the people who you thought would be supportive about that were your greatest antagonizers? You're just good at church. You just keep worshiping. You just keep doing this. You just keep doing this. You just, and you're like, I thought you'd be happy for me. I'm serving Jesus. When a girl was no longer profitable to her masters, they, they had Paul and Silas thrown into prison. And it's interesting, y'all, because remember, Paul wasn't there by himself. Silas wasn't there by himself. We know that, that, that Timothy, his son, was there. And then check this out. We also know that, that Dr. Luke is there. How do we know Dr. Luke is there? Because Dr. Luke is the one recording the story and writing it. Are you still here? My question is, why didn't they throw them into prison? Can I submit something to you? God wanted them, the other guys, to witness how to handle a valley by the valley master himself, the Apostle Paul. 
This is the same man that when they had killed him, he just got right back up. This is the same man that when a snake had bitten him, he shook it off in the fire. This is the same man that through handkerchiefs and things of this nature, people were healed. This was a valley master. And can I submit something to you that sometimes God uses you as an example to show others this is how you handle a valley. Sometimes God's using you as a lesson to other people to say this is how you deal with betrayal. This is how you deal with issues. This is how you deal with foolishness. Only Paul and Silas got thrown in. Check this out. And the Bible says we're almost there. A crowd gathers and they are stripped and they are beaten with many stripes from many rods. Check this out. They're not just beaten with one rod. Many rods. The Bible doesn't take the time to give an enumeration of how many there were, which is, which is, which is very interesting because it suggests that, that was, there was at least more than three because a couple is two, a few is three. Many is four or more. You're not understanding it. They had lashes coming from every direction. It wasn't just financial. Let me make it practical for you. It wasn't just family. It wasn't just financial. It wasn't just job. It wasn't just weird, crazy stuff. It, it was everything coming from everywhere at one time. And the Bible says that they were beaten with many stripes from many rods. And while they're bloody, they take Paul and Silas and throw them to the inner prison. And they fasten their feet down so that they cannot move. There are some situations you're in. I'm going to help somebody. But you feel stuck like you can't move. And truth be told, if you knew what to move and if you had the ability to move, you wouldn't know what move to make anyhow. Who am I talking to? There, there's some situations in life where you're like, I just, I guess, got to deal with this because I feel stuck. My feet are fastened. I cannot move. It'd be one thing to be put in prison and still be able to move. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown in the furnace, but they could still move. But Paul and Silas were thrown in the inner prison, and they can't move their feet, and they're hanging there, and the blood is gushing from their body, and the salt from the dirt and the dust is getting into the wounds, and they're sitting there saying, but God, you sent me me here God blocked the other three and sent them here and now they're dealing with a valley. Uh, let me help somebody. Sometimes the valleys you're dealing with aren't because you did something wrong. Sometimes the valleys you're dealing with is because you finally did something right. What's this? What a horrible day. That's a show enough valley. Sure enough, as a southern colloquialism, it just means sure enough, which means definitely. Put that in perspective to what you're dealing with. So-and-so don't like me no more. Okay, that so-and-so ain't, ain't beat you down, bloody, with your feet fastened in the inner prison. I'm so stressed out about school. I understand. But you ain't hanging in a prison bloody for something that you did which was right. I saw I was in the movies the other day. Y'all know I like the movies. I was in the movies the other day. And I was seeing the preview for the Mandela movie that's coming out. And, and while I was sitting looking at the preview, I just about got up out of my seat and just walked out. And you said, Bishop, why? Because, because it's one thing to hear the story. It's another thing to see the story. Mm -hmm. 
See, you heard he was a way maker, but he wanted you to see he is. And that's a little bit more painful to see it than to have to hear it. Y'all ain't going to talk over here? Fine, I'll move over here. I like this. I got an amen section now. Uh, it, 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 it's one thing to talk about something. It's another thing to see it. So I was watching the thing with Mandela, and they were just showing the story and depicting of how he was treated and arrested and all that for, you know, the, the horrible tragedies, travesties, excuse me, that took place in South Africa and apartheid and all these things. And I got, I had this righteous ignorance. I said, I can't wait till that movie come out. I'm going to preach a whole series. I'm going to interrupt whatever I'm doing, and I'm going to do a whole series about it. Because check this out. He was doing right, but wrong happened. What happens when you're doing right? But wrong happens. See, can we have a conversation for just a moment? I'm almost through. I'm almost through. Really, I really, really, I am. What happens when you're finally taking steps to do the right thing? And the truth is, sometimes you ain't even took the step. You just decided. And when you decided to do the right thing, all of a sudden now you're looking like, what in the world? I figured when I decided to do the right thing, right would happen. But here Paul and Silas are now in a prison hanging bloody with their feet locked down so they can't move for doing the right thing. Put that in perspective to what you're dealing with. I'm so stressed out about, about what I'm going to do for Christmas. I'll tell you what you do for Christmas. Get some cards. Say some real nice things. And spend 44 cents. They get the posters now for they raise it up. No, you don't even understand what I'm saying. Some of y'all are sitting up in here today, stressed out, can't even hear the word, because you're sitting here trying to figure out how you're going to get your kids something they ain't even going to care about in two months. Oh, you don't like what I'm saying? I'll come off the stage. You don't like what I'm saying? You're sitting up here trying to figure out how to buy your 14-year-old an iPhone 5. I'll tell you what you get them. Get them an iPhone 1. That's what they need. They don't need all that. That's too much. You didn't have all that, and you turned out just fine. Get them a beeper. Baby, I'm a page you. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Y'all remember? The, okay, let me see. Okay, let me watch this. Watch this. Y'all remember the gray bricks? Okay, yeah. All right. And you was doing it with that gray brick, that big old antenna on it. You thought you was the business. Like, let me call you on my cell. Bigger than your whole hand. And then you called yourself very progressive, so you got the Motorola flip phone. Y'all remember the Motorola flip one? Come on, somebody say something to me. Y'all don't have phones in Denver? We only had them in the South? I thought y'all had phones up here. I figured y'all get them before we did. still here <laughs> you sitting up here trying to plan out of getting debt you better teach them Jesus is the reason for the season and this Christmas what we're going to do is you're going to get one thing and we're going to go give away two things I'm going to teach you how to appreciate what you got students I know you may not like me right now that's okay I'll hug you in that vestibule I'll make it better later on but right now Mom, my friend got a brand new <laughs> baby. That's how you got to say it. That's how we say it, where I'm from. Baby. Not babe. No, baby. 
Just try it with me, Harvest. Try it with me. Come on, come on. You can go out. Everybody gonna think you're a southern gentleman or a southern a southern uh, uh, a belle. When you're at your restaurant and they come, just baby. Amen. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Uh, okay. I just needed to help somebody right there, because some of you are trying to figure out how to how to not pay bills so you can go to Black Friday. I got Black Friday, go to work. I got Black Friday, clean them closets out. I got your Black Friday right, I got your Black Friday right, chill. Clean up what the shoes you got. Oh, y'all don't like that. Okay, all right. Okay, students, I'm gonna get your parents in a minute. I'm gonna get them. I'm going to get them. I'm an eco-opportunity rebuker. I'm going to get everybody. Everybody. Okay, watch this. You got to move. Take this out, y'all. Put this in perspective to what you're dealing with. These are not just Bible stories and narratives. These are things that really happen. Imagine now you're doing God's will. You're doing God's will. And you get beaten and you're bloody and you're hanging bloody for doing God's will. You want to talk about testing of your faith. Because here's our response. Our response would have been, God, why didn't you stop that? God, you blocked all this other stuff. Why, why didn't you block that? You ever wondered why God will let certain stuff seem to happen a certain way and there's certain stuff where he's like seemingly absent? Come on, can we have a conversation? Is there any real people in here that can have this conversation? You ever seen God do something mighty and great and strong and then look at this little old thing and say, well, God, why won't you? What? What? God, how do you heal bodies, but I'm dealing with this? How did you do that for me, but I'm dealing with this? Can I suggest to you that what you're dealing with needs to be put in perspective? This has been so horrible. Is it really? Juxtaposed to this? For a minimum, I'm almost to a five to six hours, y'all. They sit in this prison, in this valley called Midnight. For doing God's will and doing God's work. I've said this already, but I want to say it again because I want to make sure you get it. Every valley isn't a result of you doing something wrong. Sometimes it's because you finally did something right. <laughs> you finally started tithing and now you got money trouble. Okay, fine. I'll take my seat because if y'all ain't going to be up in here, I, I, I got other stuff I can do. I can go preach to the internet, folks. They shout. You finally started serving. And now you're like, what? For real? Huh? You, 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 you finally got serious about God. And now you find yourself in a valley. But I've already told you at the beginning of the message, God likes butts. I like butts. Truth be told, you need to like you some butts. Because verse 25 says, but at midnight. Check this out. For five to six hours, they're hanging there bleeding. Can't move their feet. Now, if you can move your feet, at least you wouldn't feel so confined. See, and that's what some of you are dealing with. You're in a confined place to where you really can't afford to make no kind of moves. 
But Paul and Silas, the Bible says, they started praying. And they started singing hymns to God. As Hebrews, the hymns they would have been singing would have come much from the songs we sing today, from Psalms. They, they would have come from the Psalms. And so they're praying and singing and singing and praying and praying. And, and that's why you need to understand, don't try to just get to church when Bishop gets up to preach. You better get here while they're praying and singing and singing and praying and praying and singing. Because sometimes the way out of the valley of midnight is through your praying and your singing and your singing and and you're praying and you're praying and y'all not hearing what I'm saying. Somebody shout midnight. midnight. Here it is again. Be seated. I'm almost through. God wanted the other prisoners to see how they were going to handle this valley. Because the scripture says and the other prisoners were listening to them. Check this out. The other prisoners couldn't see them because they were in the inner prison. They could only hear them. Can I submit something to you? The truth is, the valley that some of you find yourself in, in your midnight, God allowed that valley so he could hide you from the enemy. And he can't see you, but he sure enough can hear you. Your circumstances can't quite figure out where you at. But they can show enough hear you. You're not hearing what I'm saying. The enemies that have risen up against you, they can't see you, but they can show enough hear you. And Scripture says, Scripture says, they're praying and singing, singing and praying. And the others hear it. And check this out. The Bible's so clear to say at midnight. Say midnight. midnight. Say it again, say midnight. midnight. You've been out at midnight. I know he's coming from New Year's Eve experience at church. Because ain't nothing else going on that late. Only one group of people come out at night. <laughs> okay, watch this. So, <laughs> you've been leaving church on New Year's Eve, a little after midnight. Hope you join us New Year's Eve. It's going to be incredible. Have you ever been out at midnight? You know, something funny about midnight. Actually, technically, a new day begins at 11.53 based on technicality because of the equinox, but that's a whole separate issue. But for the sake of our discussion, 12 midnight. Seven-minute differential. Seven. Interesting. Seven. Seven. Interesting. But watch this now. At midnight, it is officially a new day. But it's still dark. Maybe I'll get something over here. At midnight, y'all, a new day has begun, even though it's still dark outside. Now, check it out. Like the natural, so it is in the spirit. What you don't understand is when you walked in this building today, this ain't for everybody, it's for somebody. God said, I just... Click the clock, and it's a brand new day. When you decided not to throw in the towel, I just 
click the clock and it's a brand new day. Now, I know it's still dark outside. I feel like preaching like a Baptist preacher here. I said, I know it's still dark outside, but the truth is, click, it's a brand new day. I dare you to high five three or four people around you and just say, click, it's a new day. 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 Stop thinking it hasn't changed because it's still dark. You don't curse the day because the sun comes out at 5 and 6 in the morning. You just wait on it to come. And I stopped by Harvest Aurora Campus to tell somebody today that while it's still dark in your valley right now, what you need to understand is that the day has already changed. While it feels hopeless in your life right now, you need to understand that the day has already changed. And I mean to tell you, like the little girl saying, the sun will come out. I said, the sun will come out. Weeping may endure for a night, but I need somebody to shout about joy. I need somebody that believes this word. I know it's dark. I know it looks scary, but the day has already changed. But watch this. I just got a little more. Let me just put some gravy on the meat. Let me put some gravy on it. Let me put some, just, see y'all? Let me put some gravy on it. Let me just put some gravy on it. Y'all sat down. Let me put some gravy on the meat. Because this next part, now this is the part that's going to run me. So y'all shouted over the new day. But look at verse 26. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were opened. And everyone's chains were loose. Check this out. Paul and Silas were there illegitimately. These other folk who really didn't deserve it got the grace of who they were around. The reason you work in that job is because God says, through you, I'm going to bless that place. It ain't because of them I'm going to let it be profitable. It's because you there. You're not hearing what I'm saying. God says, everything that's around you is going to benefit from the grace that's on you. You're not hearing what I'm saying. That's why you're called to be a world changer. That's why you're called to be a history maker. You're not there to be a thermostat. You're there to be the thermometer and set it. That ain't even the good part. The Bible says, watch this, an earthquake, watch this. Anybody like geography? Anybody like stuff like that? Watch this, you're going to love this. An earthquake shook everything around them, but it didn't happen to kill them. It happened to set them free. Follow me. Could it be that what you've been complaining about is exactly what you needed? Could it be that what you've been cussing about is exactly what you needed. Could it be that what you've been crying about is exactly what you needed? Watch this. Watch this. Here it is. Small earthquakes <laughs> in this area, watch this, were not uncommon. In fact, last night I checked the Eurozone's earthquake monitoring center because this would have been it's modern-day Europe. Watch this. You ready for this? In the last few days, they've had almost over a dozen earthquakes. 4.0 and greater. No, you, you, you didn't get that. Cameraman, I'm over here. There you go. Cool. It's cool. Everything's good. It's all right. Cool. They just couldn't find me. They were shouting. Shout while you steer. Shout while you steer. Watch this. Bishop, what you trying to say? 
The earthquake was not the miracle. <laughs> the earthquake was natural because they happen in that area all the time. What some of you are dealing with, just can I be honest with you, it's just part of life. Life happens. It's natural. But what happened during the earthquake made it supernatural. Other people go through the same quake you go through. They would have lost their mind because that's natural. But supernatural says, I went through all of that hell and I still got my praise. And I went through all of that hell and I still got my worship. And I went through. The earthquake was natural. If I remember correctly, they just had one in, 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 in a place they call, which is modern-day Greece, Creek, I believe it's Creek, Greece, or something like that. You can look it up yourself. They just had one on the 22nd. 4.5, something like that. They could feel it. So the earthquake in the region wasn't supernatural. It's not like God, you know, preachers are preaching and say, God, they heard, God heard them singing. And the Lord just started patting his foot. And that's, and that's a real nice little cute way to preach it. But that ain't true. It's cute, but it ain't right. It's nice, but it's not right. God didn't start patting his foot and the prison started shaking. That ain't what happened. <laughs> I think if he shook his foot, he could have shook more than that prison. The, the book says it's his footstool. You don't stand on your stool. And the whole earth is his footstool. Just interesting anecdotes for the story. Check this out. Y'all be seated. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. It shook the foundations of the prison. You're missing it. You know that you're dealing with a valley of midnight when your foundations get shook. But Bishop, what's your foundation? What you thought you knew. Who you thought you knew. Who you thought you could trust. What you thought you could trust. It shook everything they thought they knew. That's what the foundation is. But notice, it shook it, but it didn't destroy it. While you may be being shaken, you're still here. Notice, I got to move. All of the doors were opened. Now, I want to talk you through this. Because I don't want your neighbor to get so excited they don't hear it. And then once I say it, then you can get excited. The quake opened the door. I'm going all the way over here. Y'all got y'all bet y'all got some? The quake opened the door. Nah, they didn't get it. Maybe y'all got it in the middle. The quake opened the door. So you shouting, but I don't know that you get it. Let me try y'all. Now, y'all better come on here. The quake opened the door. You don't get it. What you're cursing is what's opening doors for you. What you're complaining about is what's opening doors for you. Could it be, watch this, that there are doors that are waiting to open for you until you handle your midnight right? Oh, I wish you'd have to have somebody say, handle your midnight right, handle your midnight right. Could it be that there's some doors that say we're ready to open, but you ain't handling your midnight right yet? And notice, everybody's chains were loosed. 
Could it be that your bloodline needs you to handle your midnight right? Say, I'm going to handle my midnight right. Say it again. I'm going to handle my midnight right. What shook them opened doors for them. What startled them made ways for them. What they initially cussed and cursed and rebuked was what ended up being exactly what they needed. Say they handled it right. So listen to what happens from this trip, from this valley. And then I don't know about you, but then I'm just going to go wild praising God because I figured out praying and singing does some stuff. Saying you think it's just, oh, I'm just doing this and going through the motions. You don't understand. God says that moves some stuff around. Imagine had they been in there, God, why us? God, I'm just going to stay at home today and watch OWN or Lifetime or Oxygen or Bravo. So I can watch reality TV, which is really scripted entertainment. But at least it makes me feel better about my situation. Well, y'all don't like that? <coughs> Question is, do never mind, never mind. You ready for this? Watch, watch this, y'all. Watch this. Imagine had they sat there and complained about it. Because God looked over into that prison and said, how are you going to handle this? You're there because of me. How are you going to handle that? <laughs> I could have stopped it. I didn't. I didn't because I knew you could handle it right. So check this out. When you're in your valley at midnight, it is not an issue of if you're going to handle it. It's an issue of if you're going to handle it right. Now, here's what I love about God. Even when you fail the test the first few times, he'll throw it back in front of you and say, I'll get to you one more again. I'll get to you one more again. Come on, we got a lot of educators at Harvard. Sometimes that scantron comes through and there's a lot of red on the side. But then God will say, go take that test again. And he'll give it to the whole class again and say, y'all all didn't do good. Take the whole thing again. Aren't you glad to know that even if you failed handling your midnight right, that God says, I'll give you an opportunity to do it again. <laughs> Don't you love a God that'll let you do it all over again? Don't you love a God that lets you hit a reset? Don't you love a God that says, it's not over until I say? Amen. So here's what happened because they handled it right. You ready for this? I got to go through this real quick. It's because they handled their midnight right. The jailer, remember we read about the jailer? The Philippian jailer, because they're in Philippi in the region of Macedonia. The Philippian jailer, who's about to commit suicide. If you read the story in your own time in Acts 16, the jailer was getting ready to take his sword to himself. They handled it right. So because they handled it right, they, God saves the Philippian jailer, who's about to commit suicide, gets his family saved and baptized, then that jailer washes their wounds, and then the church of Philippi, where you get the book in your Bible, Philippians, becomes the first Christian church in Europe. 
from Lydia and from the Philippian jailer. Y'all, y'all, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. All of that comes. All of that valley came. Because God said, I want to birth something brand new. In a place called brand new. And if you'll handle your midnight right, great things can come from it. So here's what we finna do, Harvest. Fitna is the watered-down southern version of fixing to, which means preparing. Bishop, how do I handle my midnight right? I told you. This, this is a message with one point. For my note takers, I know you got lots of notes, but this is the one point. You know, for my points, point number one, here it is. The way you handle your midnight right is not try to sit there and figure it all out. Because see, cause see, this story is so confusing and perplexing that 99% of people would have said the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil. But nowhere in Acts 16 do you see any mention of Satan. So while you sitting up there trying to figure out, Lord, is this you or this and that? Can I submit something to you? Those are good questions to ask, but can I just tell you what you need to be doing right now? Singing and praying. Praying and singing. Singing and praying. Come on, it's real simple, class. Praying and singing. Come on. Singing and praying. Praying and singing. That's how you handle your valley of midnight. And God says, when you start to handle it like that, every door you need open, I got that. Every chain you need loosed, I got that. Every person that needs to become a Christian because of you, I got that. I just need you to handle your midnight right. So I'm getting ready to take my seat. But before I do, I just need to know if there's anybody in this place that says, I'm going to handle my midnight right. Uh Uh-huh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be praying and singing and singing. And, and if I can't sing that good, watch me make a joyful noise. It sounds good to him. <laughs> if I don't know exactly what to pray, watch me just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Because you've been better to me than I've been to myself. You're, you've been the king of kings and you are the Lord. Of the, if I don't know what to pray, watch me just praise him. Every hand lifted. Everybody standing. Father, we're going to take a little exercise now, Lord, for just a few moments, Lord. With every hand lifted, everyone standing. Even if you're watching on the internet campus, stand up and lift your hands. We're going to take an exercise and we're going to practice how to handle midnight. We're going to pray and we're going to sing. And we're going to sing. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. 
When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.